listening to a Kink in the Chain podcast. Welcome to the Kink in the Chain podcast. I'm your host, Rope Squirrel, and as always, we have... Ritz Cracker. Hi there, Ritzy. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm a little tired, but that has to do with work and all of my private life. That So you're a busy little girl, aren't you? I am. I think I work way too many hours in short periods of time, and then I get a couple weeks off, and then I work a bunch of hours again, so... Well, my listeners, this week we've got a great show for you. We've got some wonderful questions from the audience, and we've got a very interesting article. I admit the article's a little niche that uh, not everyone will care, but I think it speaks volumes to larger things in our community, especially with uh, a few current events that have just recently happened. Uh, so the article that we have is about, in essence, censorship. The The title is uh, Blizzard Replaces Hearthstone Card Art with Less Violent and Sexualized Alternatives. Now, the gist of this article is that there are a number of cards. There's a game Hearthstone, although this applies to a lot of different media, where original artwork that was in the game is somewhat sexual. And, I mean, games typically have... A lot of good games have a little bit of sex appeal. I'm sorry to say they do. It's they're catering toward the primary demographic that if you if you do break down the numbers, while there is a significant portion of female identifying gamers, the, the vast majority is male. Would would you agree with that, Ritzy? Right, but I also believe that a lot of the game designers design body structures and characters to fulfill fantasies, like. I won't have those huge breasts and big hips and skinny waist, but it's like most females have barely any clothing and the male are all really buffed up, muscular. It's what your dream to be is. That's the whole reason we have that in the first place is to fulfill those fantasies or those dreams that we can't accomplish as human beings. In essence, I would like to say I think that both genders, in essence, are sexualized in some way. Because, yes, you have the skimpy clothing, the large breasts on the women, and you got the men that are big and muscular and manly. And and sometimes, you know, they, they don't have they, – they've got the abs going on and they're, they're supposed to be – so it's the ideal concept of what men should look like and the ideal concept of what – well, maybe not ideal, but the, the fantasy of what men should look like and the fantasy of what women should look like. Right. But when I was reading this article, my first thought was like, they must have a really big following of children because usually companies will do this if they have a lot of children playing. But when I looked at the numbers and research, it's really not. It's a lot more adults. Um, 21 to 35 is their average range. So that part wasn't true. That was my first thought when I was reading the article. Agreed. And I, I guess my question, not only to you, Ritzy, but to the listeners as well, was this necessary? Was I can understand what they were trying to do. I believe me, I I can see if if the other example with Blizzard that was a big thing was Tracer's uh, pose in Overwatch. If anybody saw that, um, where she had a very sexually suggestive pose when she won, she was turned backwards. She had one hip slightly higher than the other. She's got her hand on her mouth. 
it was a very sexualized pose and they got rid of it to make it a little less sexual. I get that. So I understand why some companies do this is because they have worldwide followers and a lot of countries, unlike the United States, are very closed off when it comes to BDSM or sexual stuff. So, for example, like Great Britain, if you get caught doing any BDSM stuff, then it's really against the law and you can get thrown into prison. Here, not likely to get tossed into prison for doing it. So, because it's more sex related. So our industry and our country here have different views than other countries so they have since they have to go worldwide they have to desensitize things for those other countries so that they can still keep those people and those players yeah and i and i can agree that changing things like this can make a more mass market appeal um appealing to people in in different demographics the parts that some of the like uh, one of the things that they did in world of warcraft that i thought was a little curious is you actually do have so one of the characters they changed was the succubus and i mean the succubus is straight out of you know uh the bible for that you know a christian mythology you know an evil demon that seduces men in order to steal their souls and and things of that nature and of course there's the incubus which is the opposite a, a man that out there to steal women and the idea of those of both those characters is simply that they're supposed to be sexually appealing. That's their draw. They're kind of like sirens. They're trying to draw you in. They In the world of Warcraft, they actually modified the succubus to not be as sexual. And to me, it seemed ridiculous. Like, that's what the character is supposed to be. Either replace it or leave it as it is. Or change the art so it's not as naked. <laughs> I guess it's the proper term. Uh so she's barely wearing anything uh, covering the nipple area and stuff. So if she was like in a full outfit, I think they wouldn't have such a big issue with the clothing choices that they have there. But it's a succubus, which is su supposed to be... Supposed to be sexually appealing, I know. Yeah, it's not Jill from accounting. I mean, it's... <laughs> it's it it's supposed to be that's the whole point that you know if we replace the succubus with like just say a, you know a big fat hairy guy i mean it's it loses some of that appeal they replaced the succubus with a creature instead yeah and admittedly i mean it, they didn't change the power in the card they replaced it with a fell stalker which is another warlock pet um in the world of warcraft which is for anybody who doesn't know hearthstone that's what uh world of warcraft all the characters and art and things of that nature kind of flowed into Hearthstone. Yep, but I like the sexual characteristics of it because as a female gamer, I had a lot of benefits from being cute and sexy character and having the voice to match. So I was a benefit of playing. I was like, so desexizing it, I was like, oh, that loses like its thrill. I'm like, I don't want to be some hairy creature. I want to be sexy and cute and get the attention. <laughs> Exactly. As I recall, you did. You made a wonderful tank back in the day. Uh, yeah. Yes, I did. We were like, go forth, Ritzy, and, and bring us that beast and we will kill it for you. Yeah, I did a lot of tanking um, because I like to be the center of attention. Uh, that's just my personality. So my characters on World of Warcraft matched it. Uh, so they would I would always have the really skimpy outfits on and stuff like that. But going back to the article... I'm kind of sad that they took out the BDSM elements as well, because that's what the succubus was with the whips and the, you know, seduction. I, I even recall some people doing cosplay of it and, and at uh, 
at BlizzCon when you had a warlock and you had a succubus right next to him. And of course, you know, it's a girl. She's dressed all sexy. And it was very appealing and, and faithful to the original source material. It is a hard line to cross, though, because do you modify everything? Do we just make everything boring and vanilla? Do we add some sexy guys in there, too? I mean, we could have an incubus. That would work. Although I guess that it's not in World of Warcraft, but they should put that in there. They should. Yeah, they should. But again, it has to do with who they're trying to sell their product to, which kind of sucks if they're going worldwide. If they had two versions, like um, they can play the United States version or they can choose to play the worldwide version. So like, you know, they have different servers, so you can always connect to a server that has certain limitations and some that do not. That way, if you're young, you play on the limitation server. If you're older and you're perfectly fine with seeing sexual characteristics and don't want that censorship, then you can play on that server. But I'm not a game designer. <laughs> I do like that idea, though, of choice. Uh, just imagine if there was just a toggle in the options that said, you know, as, assuming because you have to provide a credit card to, well, I guess you don't have to, but you, there, you probably have your birthday and credit card on file with Blizzard. If you're over 18, let's say the checkbox becomes where you can go, hey, I want to enable sexualized content. And if any kids are playing, it reverts back to the non-sexualized version of the card. Or, uh, I mean, I think that would be a good option. Give people the option rather than force, say, well, these are too sexy. We're taking them away. It's like, I would like to restore the old card and, and, and play with it like that. And if you don't want to see that, that's fine. I think choice is the biggest thing. I think mandatory changes that affect everyone in this that are purely cosmetic. I mean, there's no change to the card. I think those are really bad in general. Also, I think they're just losing a lot of followers. So they're trying to create news to help grab more attention and get more followers again because Blizzard's been around for a very long time so they are if I remember correctly from like the hundred servers that I played World of Warcraft on there was like a hundred to choose from they're down to like ten if I remember they had to consolidate a lot because they've lost so many followers so bringing up things like this in the news helps draws attention gets people more interested gets players to come back to see what's new and what these new cards look like but i do the same thing with magic like i have an angel deck for magic and it has a lot of sexualized cards on it of what half dressed women but that's because i think the cards are pretty and i connect with them because that's that's what i want i want to distract my players with pretty cards mm, secret weapon huh Yes, which this is another reason why I'm sad that they changed the cards. I understand why they do it, but it's it's kind of sad that they're doing censorship, especially with the sexual parts of things. Agreed. And I kind of liked having a little bit of BDSM in the whole World of Warcraft universe. It was kind of kind of nice, actually. Yep, because under the First Amendment, uh, pornographic material is protected. And it's their game. They can change it any way they want. I know. I don't I don't think they should have done this change or at least given people they should have given people the option to disable sexualized content if it offended them and just left the game as is. Yeah. It's really interesting how other people live and how what rules they have to live by. Um I'm glad I live in the country that I do, but I understand that there are rules and regulations that people have to follow and that's why things have to be changed or altered in games so that it can satisfy those rules and regulations without people getting in trouble. Well, and games are already censored. I mean, Australia removes a lot of the violence from video games. But in Japan, they don't. 
Japan, you can have a rape video game and it's perfectly legal. You can rape individuals in the game to get points and to different items to complete quests. So it's like every country has really interesting rules. Some countries like go way overboard and others have so much censorship. I think my final takeaway just going to be I wish they had given people the choice. And of course, in countries where it's mandated, no choice, obviously. But in countries where you're allowed to, uh, turn it on or off. So my listeners, what do you think about this? Sound off in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. And now, my listeners, as we like to do here on the show, we get to your questions. I know it's the part you're all excited about. First up, we've got Jeff from Louisiana. Rope. It's my bane. I hate it with a passion. To me, rope isn't the scene, but it is the start of a scene. I look with awe when I see people who spend hours doing intricate rope work just to then take it all down. I guess I'm just missing that part of me. However, when I am at a party, I feel self-conscious that my rope isn't perfect. I honestly do not have any desire to learn either because then I'd be forcing myself to learn something I don't enjoy. Any advice for me? Ritzy, you're a rope kind of person, aren't you? As a rope player, everything has to be perfect because it is what per- protects the other person from getting hurt. If you mistie a knot and it slides into a like a choke or a you can cut off circulation, you can actually damage people, you can break bones, you can do a lot of damage with it. That's why people's rope looks so perfect. But if you're just doing it to like tie someone up or to throw them on a table and just like bam you're you're tied or you're wrestling and just wrap rope around their ankles there it's not holding any weight it's just there for the fun of it it doesn't have to look as pretty or be as effective because you're not suspending somebody you're not causing issues with it uh rope players practice a lot with rope to make it look pretty. It's constant classes, constant working. You work with it at least once or twice a week. Uh, some people will work every single day with knots and prettiness. So if you're self-confident, uh, con- conscious about it, if you're self-conscious about it, then suggesting like practicing every day is always a benefit, or helping. Um, learning from other people, quick ways to do things. Like I have a bow tie tie where I tie it in a bow tie, put it on their hands and tie it, pull the strings. Boom, I'm done. I mean, there are quick ties that you can do that aren't pretty, but they serve a purpose. And once you figure out the purpose, it goes from there. Thanks, Rissy. I, I do agree with you on a lot of that. Jeff, as a, even though my name is Rope Squirrel, <laughs> you, you'd think I'd do a lot of rope, right? No, I, I, I am in a similar boat as you. I don't do a whole lot of rope myself. My knots are, for me, it is very similar where I am literally trying to tie someone to get the scene started, not to have the rope start. The rope is not the scene. Um, I have over the years learned how to do a variety of, of simple ties. Um, and to be frank with you, I've just honestly learned after I've tied and if I have a huge tail, I just kind of bundle it up and, and try to tuck it away so nobody sees it. So I do get where you're coming from. I do sometimes feel self-conscious when I know the person next to me is has gone through a formal rope training and has done suspensions. And here I am just tying hard knots and quick release knots and, and whatnot. But 
if I remember correctly about you, Rogue Squirrel, you like to tie people with other things other than rope. Sometimes. I usually end up using cuffs and rope uh, if I'm doing that. Which is still really pretty. Um, I've also seen you do saran wrap. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, so it still serves a purpose, and it looks prettier than just messy rope. So that's also an alternative as well, correct? Correct. I think, Jeff, what the thing is that you have to think about is whatever you're doing with the person or people that you're doing it with, if it's working for the two of you, it doesn't really matter what everybody else thinks, as long as you're not hurting anyone. Obviously, in the case of suspensions and things of that nature, there is somewhat of a technique. I mean, you can... You can make it messy, I guess, as long as it's still functional. But obviously, if you're going for aesthetics, then yeah, you're going to want to learn how to do it properly and whatnot. But if you're just tying someone to a table, as long as the two or more people are having a good time, I don't see a problem with having messy rope. If people are upset about it, go, well, is there something wrong with my technique? Is the bottom in any danger? Are we going to be... Am I doing something wrong? Well, no, your rope's just messy. Okay, who cares? Like, I had my scene. Uh, so, talking about messy rope, I, I once took 50 feet or like 150 feet of rope, and I just wound it around a person. I didn't really care what it looked like. It looked really messy, but I was like, screw it. I'm not having a good day, so we're not going to do anything rope fantastically. So, just wrapping them, tossing them to the ground, and then, you know, going from there. I, it's sometimes having messy rope is can be a fun thing as long as you're purposely making an impact with it and as long as you're ready to to wrap it all up and tie it when the scene is over right no i just throw it back in the bag and deal with that another day <laughs> but then you pull it out and it's a big bird's nest yeah well it's something i can deal with when i'm actually like in a good mood to deal with knots and messy rope <laughs> but i still think that you're doing it right if you're having fun if rope isn't the focus of your scene, if pretty rope isn't required by you or your the people you're playing with, it doesn't really matter what other people think as long as the two people are having fun and being safe. I think that's the best advice I could possibly give you. Yeah, but he's also in here saying that he's he doesn't like it. He doesn't like rope. So why use it in the first place? Find alternatives. There is a lot of ways and things that you can use that rope can re replace rope. Or Another nice suggestion, find a rope person to do the rope for you. Yes, and then walk, and they can walk away and you can do the rest. Be like, here, tie this person up. I'll be back in 30 minutes. <laughs> Which isn't a bad idea. We all have deficiencies in our play that there's certain types of play we don't know, we don't, we're not experts at, and I know people who can fill those gaps. So whenever I need a someone tied to something... Say, hey, could could you come over here and do the rope for me because I suck at it? And, of course, they try to teach me. And I'm like, no, no, just do it, do it, do it. Thank you. I appreciate it. The next time you need something that I can do, I'm happy to help you. Mm-hmm. I'd have to agree with that statement, too. Yeah. Get get somebody who knows what you're doing. I can't change the oil in my car, so I take it to somebody who can. I mean, that's not a bad idea. I might actually use that for future stuff. Obviously, if it's something simple, maybe they want to teach you, okay. But if you really don't want to learn... I, a lot of them, I'm, I'm sure you very much, and you, well, obviously you do, you enjoy rope very much. So the opportunity to tie someone up can be your little scene and call it like a, an appetizer to the scene. You're just like, oh, I get, get to tie you up. It's so much fun. And then I don't have to do aftercare afterward, right? Yeah, I'm really bad at that anyway. So it's always a beneficial if someone's willing to do it for me. Well, Jeff, hopefully that answers your question. 
just keep doing what you're doing. Find somebody else who can tie the rope for you. Just have a good time. Our second question comes to us from Jesse from Arkansas. I am sure my problem isn't unique, but sometimes it feels that way. I am in a poly relationship. We structured it that way, and I have my partners, and some of those partners have their own partners. I'm completely fine with this. However, one partner, who I am not directly affiliated with, but my partner is, is being, in my opinion, an ass. Let's call her Sally. Whenever I leave the partner that she and I share with bruises, the next time that I see Sally, she berates me about how abusive I am and how I am hurting her experience because my partner cannot do as much with Sally when she is injured. It is starting to get on my nerves because what my partner and I do is consensual, and I am under no obligation to Sally to return my partner in any kind of working condition if that is what my partner wants. I just don't know how to broach the topic with my partner. Any ideas? Usually in my relationships, that's all private. Um, They never cross, like I never cross the lines with other partners. So uh, I'll have to think about this. What do you think, Rope Squirrel? I actually have been in this predicament. The issue I had was my partner, I was actually on the receiving end, so I can understand how Sally feels. My partner went out, got a massive beating. I mean, she was black and blue all over and she had a lot of fun. And I mean, completely, I was completely supportive of this activity. But then we had a scene planned the next night. This was at a convention. And guess what happened? She's like, well, I'm hurting. I I don't want to play. And I get that. But then I felt a little cheated. Like, well, you're this other person and you, you know, they they beat the snot out of you. And now you just took away my fun. I got to go find something else. So... In the case of like a, the con was a very specific uh, instance because what my thought as a better alternative would be in this case is, well, why don't we swap nights? Why don't I do my scene with her? That's not going to be as vicious and violent. And then you can do that for the last night so that you get the full experience. Everybody's happy. I get my play. You get your play. In the end, I'm thinking that the solution to this problem is going to have to be to have that conversation with Sally. I know you're not directly related with her in any way, but the three of you need to sit down because clearly you share someone in common and you need to somewhat set ground rules or at least have that open line of communication between the two of you saying, hey, I want to do this with my partner the next time I see him. What are you two planning? Is there any way that we can work this out so that we can both get what we want? (laughs) So your solution is a lot nicer than the one I was just thinking of. Oh, what's yours? (laughs) I was thinking, like, just leave them. If they're causing drama, you don't need the drama in your life. That ruins the fun. It it ruins your life. It causes a lot of stress, unwanted stress. So just leave the situation. But then I was like, well, you should tell them first. Like, here's your warning. If it happens again, I I can't do this. I can't deal with it. It's, It's too much. I have other people that I can do things with, other people that I can go to. But if love is involved, I don't know how to answer that. But I think the bigger issue here is that Jesse and Sally are not directly affiliated with one another. They're not they're not dating. They're not connected. So there is no leaving. They're just they just share a partner. And there's no drama between her and her partner. It's just the drama between her and her partner's partner. That's why I make the rules that no drama is allowed anywhere in 50 feet of my bubble. So that I can have a drama-free life. And how is that enforced? 
Um, once drama starts, I actually walk away or I tell them to, hey, this is not the time or place if you have this issue. It needs to be set at a time when I don't have other things on my plate. Two, uh, I have no distractions or you don't have anything distractions. Three, it is a public place so that we can talk one-on-one without having a yelling match with each other. So a public place is always beneficial for that as well. And talk it out, not just be like, hey... I hate this. Stop doing it. Attitude. Communication. <laughs> yeah. That's a, I, I, yeah. Seems like a lot of questions I answer that way and I'm trying to do a little bit different. But, you know, I love communication a lot and it's a thing that everybody should be good at. But we're not. I should make a recording of you just saying communication over and over again. That's that's the answer to every question. Yes. Communication. 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 <gasps> communication. <laughs> What if you couldn't make it for an episode? That would be the the answer. Just like I read the question and then you're just like, communication, done. <laughs> like, sorry, Ritzy couldn't be here, but we have we have a recording of her in, in, in her place. Re- communication. <laughs> and for anybody who's listening today, that's probably what will happen in the future. So just be ready for that episode when I'm not here. Oh, I have to go back to monologuing again sometimes. Yeah, sometimes I do have a life outside of recording. <laughs> what? Don't I pay you enough? No, you don't pay me anything. But I pay you in love. Uh-huh, that's not enough. <laughs> well, Jesse, I, I, again, I just think that uh, the whole idea is you, you just need to sit down with your partner and Sally and just be like, you, you, obviously you can't dictate what the two of them do because it's their relationship, not yours. But see if you can work something out between the two of you so that you can both have what you want. Even if it has to be uh, – it's a little ridiculous and techie. But even if it has to be a calendar saying, hey, there's going to be a beating this night. Uh, maybe we should plan your thing before or after. Like, uh, or you know, Google Calendar, beating. Oh, well, then I better not do a scene there. Or um, you, know, you book their time early and say, well, I was here first, so I get to, I get to do my thing and then you can do your thing. Just have that conversation. Talk to the two of the two of you, the three of you, and figure something out as far as as how you can all be happy. Because just sitting there and stewing is not going to do anything. Thanks, Jesse. I hope that hope that helped. That was a great question. Finally, we have Julian from Georgia. Man, that's a tongue twister. I love my partner. However, he tends to go out of town a lot. My issue here is that when he does, he gets the thought in his head about me cheating on him and orgies when he is gone. This couldn't be further from the truth. Honestly, I just come home and relax and go to bed. On occasion, I do throw some small get-togethers, but nothing sexual. True, some of these are people I've played with, but that's as far as it goes. However, when we speak, it's a constant stream of mistrust. Even though I've given him no reason to think this, how can I be a good partner and alleviate his fears? Well, Rope Squirrel, I know you throw giant orgies when your partners are out of town don't you oh yes uh the squirrel dray just gets filled with uh with sexy stuff i thought so i know you do stuff behind your closed doors uh <laughs> this this just leads me to trust this question trust issues occur because of past relationships past experiences past things like that and they just haven't learned to adapt or adjust or learn new methods to resolve the trust so 
trust issues can really damage a relationship. Trust issues can also help build a relationship. So it matters on the person. Are they willing to work on it or are they not willing to work on it? That's the first thing you have to figure out. Because if they're not willing to work on it, then you have to step back from the relationship right away because it's going to end up hurting you in the end. And you don't want that to happen, right? Am I right? Or am I just talking here? Well, no, you're right. And Julian, I can tell you that I've been in a very similar situation. I I am very fortunate right now that my current partner is very trusting of me. I admittedly do joke about having orgies every so often, but of course I don't do that. That's not a thing. She has to be able to trust me if I am going out to events because it's going to destroy us. I did have a partner who I tried to acquiesce to all her requests, and I did pretty much everything short of wearing an ankle bracelet. Um, to show her where we where I was at any one point so she could be comfortable because I thought oh well if I just share my location constantly she's going to be fine and that's going to make her all happy but then you go inside a building and your GPS floats away to some other house when you're actually in your own house and then they see that and go oh what were you doing in that person's house were you having sex with them like no I, I was at home asleep Oh, don't lie to me. I saw... Okay. I even debated setting up cameras in the house. Like, do you want to keep an eye on me? Like, I'm in a house arrest or something? Don't do that. Don't ever do that. No. I thought it would help. It does not. Understand that the issue, I believe, is not you. It's that person. That person has been... Your your partner has been cheated on at some point. They've They've been lied to. So they're naturally unable to trust you implicitly because they've been hurt before and we we all we all do this when we get hurt sometimes we we project our previous relationships onto our current partner because we don't want to get hurt again it's a self-defense mechanism it also can relate to jealousy as well not just like trust and they can just be constantly jealous of you because you're too pretty or in their head you're too pretty i should say that way or you can get anybody you want they're not good enough for you and that all leads to jealousy issues not just trust issues. Are you a jealous person, Ritzy? I was, yes. I was very jealous. Um, then I had to learn to adapt and to adjust, or else it would, it would ruin my life. It would ruin my relationships. So I had to learn and to adapt. There are some great jealousy workbooks out there that have workbook pages. I'm, I like workbook pages for some reason. I think they help. So there are some great jealousy books out there. I can't think of one off the top of my head right now, but those are always helpful to have a book so you could read, listen to on tape, fill out work pages because it helps with different concepts and outside of what you're stuck in and other people's opinions always help. And while I know you're not the one necessarily with the jealousy issue here, not you, Ritzy, but the your your partner, Julian, or uh, is the one with the jealousy issue, it it takes a lot of introspection into oneself to figure out the cause of the jealousy. Um, I've always been one of say, saying that uh, initially jealousy is okay. Uh, the initial jealousy in a relationship means that there's something to lose in the relationship, but then that needs to be alleviated. So my partner, I'm sure, and we're all kind of jealous probably at first when we first start a relationship. We don't want to lose that person or people. We want that they're ours, but after a while, we have to realize, well, they're their own people. They have to go. They have to go to work. They have to go on business trips, and we have to not be thinking that they're having orgies in their hotel room every twenty minutes. Uh, 
although I, I get kind of tired of that many orgies, but that, that's neither here nor there. But they're definitely going to need to do some introspection, figure out the cause of their jealousy. And there's not a lot you can do to help them in that case. I myself am not a jealous person. I, I am sometimes I sometimes have envy of others, uh, but I think envy is okay. Jealousy is something that's okay at the start, but not good later. So I can be envious of, oh, that person's submissive is awesome, or or I want to be in that submissive's position that looks amazing when I'm in a dungeon, or I'm envious of that flogger or something of that nature. But then I can alleviate envy because I can just walk up to that person in the case of the flogger and be like, where'd you get that? I want to get one too. Or in the case of the submissive or the whatever, would you be interested in doing a scene? Maybe, maybe not, but at least you could definitely have those conversations and possibly alleviate that. But if you're just constantly sitting in the corner of a dungeon, jealous of everyone around you and your partner, one, my partner would be miserable. She likes to do some stuff that I just, I'm not willing to do. But two, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to play. I wouldn't be able to have any fun. And we both want to have our fun. We both want to play with the people. We just got back from a big conference and we both played with other people and it's fine. My partner's currently away right now. Yay, I have all the orgies. No, just kidding. I don't. I joke about it, but I mostly come home and sleep alone in my bed. It's very depressing, actually. Aw, that is so sad. You need a teddy bear or something. <laughs> I disagree with a part of your statement, by the way. Uh, so you stated there is nothing you can do in some scenarios, like... You just have to let the other person figure it out. I'd have to disagree. You can do stuff with them. Like, you can do the work pages. You can go to therapy with them. I mean, there's always that option. But they have to do the majority of the work. They have to accept it. They have to fix themselves. And But you can learn things in the process to help you with other relationships or their current relationships and build a connection closer to each other so that they can feel safer and build that trust. Yeah, and let me let me clarify what I said. Yes, you are correct, Ritzy. What I meant is there's not like some magical thing that you alone can do to change them. Um, even if you acquiesce to every demand that they have, they're still going to think, well, he's given me, he or she has given me these things, but they must, still must be hiding something. So you, they still, you're correct. They have to do most of the work in order to alleviate the problem. You can just be supportive and helpful to them achieving that goal, assuming they even want to. So, Julian, I feel you. Believe me, I, th I think Ritzy and I both kind of feel you and the, the jealousy thing and, and partners that have just gone crazy, to be to be frank with you, thinking that we're off doing all these crazy things when, I mean, if my partner thinks I'm having an orgy right now, I mean, okay, there's audio evidence, I suppose, but I'm just sitting here. I, I played some video games earlier. Does that count as an orgy? No. I'm and I could be feeling the exact same thing. Uh, my I mean, my partner's off in another city. I have no idea what she's up to. She's uh, I know she's hanging out with a gay man. Yeah, she's having lots of orgies too. <laughs> Maybe she's visiting one of the local dungeons, or or she has a, a she she goes to this city a lot. So maybe she has a second boyfriend there. No, of course I don't think that. I go crazy that way, and if I don't trust my partner, to be frank with you, I just wouldn't be in a relationship with that person. I would try to get out of it, and and 
in the past I did not do that and I was miserable and now I'm older and wiser and and you're not miserable you are actually happy what a concept I know oh it's so nice when you're not dating a crazy person oh yeah it's great but I mean not having having trust issues and uh Jealousy issues does not always lead to crazy. Let's just all put that there. It's just, it might not be healthy relationship. You want a healthy relationship with communication and trust and concepts that actually make you both happy. Yes, every relationship is not perfect, but being happy, not making yourself sick, not making yourself depressed or suicidal is a good thing. I, I think every doctor on the planet would agree with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. So that's why I study communications. <laughs> so, yeah, Julian, just offer, be supportive. Don't acquiesce to their to their uh, monitoring demands if they make any, um, because that's just going to generate even more paranoia. But just be there and reassure them that you're not doing any of these things. And work with them, because again, there are programs out there, there's worksheets, apparently, that you can go through together. And just be supportive and show them that they have, it sucks that they were cheated on, but prove to them that you're not like that, and not everyone is like that. That person was just a jerk. So I hope that answers your question, Julian. Thank you for the great question. And keep them coming. We got a ton to go through. Just send your questions to podcasts at kinkinthechain.com and Ritzy and I would be happy to answer them for you. To our best of our ability, even though we're not professionals. I mean, I, I like to think I have enough life experience to help out, but obviously I can't prescribe you any medication. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could write you a prescription for gummy bears, but you know, <laughs> you need sex and gummy bears. Here you go. <laughs> that's a great prescription. Well, my listeners, that's another show in the can or in the hard drive, as it were. I really hope you enjoyed it, and as always, stay kinky, my friends. Check us out on the web at kinkinthechain.com. Follow us on Twitter at KinkChainShow, or call us at 804-404-KINK. We don't bite unless you ask nice. Have feedback or want to submit a question for a future show? Send your emails to podcast at kinkinthechain.com.